The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tupper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook or you're listening to us in the podcast, which you can subscribe to, the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there. I'm happy to welcome back from his vacation, celebrating his 57th birthday today. Happy birthday to Steve Carell. Okay. Yeah. Welcome uh, back, buddy. Thank you. Uh, I apologize in advance to uh, anyone watching the screen and realizing that half my face is paralyzed from dental work. Uh, oh, buddy. It was a fun morning, y'all. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's how you kick off your first day back from vacation. Uh, first four through the door, Josh Vandercook, Matt McSpadden, Ruben Rios, and Andrew Christensen. What's up, y'all? Uh, today is... Friday, August 16th, 2019, 104 days till Thanksgiving, episode 799, 799, the offensive win percentage in 2011 for Mike Napoli as a Ranger. Oh. I did dig deep Former for Red Sox great. Former Red Sox great. That's yeah. a Rangers hero, future Rangers Hall of Famer. Uh, uh, legends are born in Naptober. On today's show, guys, back half of the show, we're going to hear from Laredo Alexander coach Sergio Salinas. We talked with him at the THSCA Coaching School and Convention about his Bulldogs and his spirit animal. A lot of good stuff coming up here back half of the show. But oh boy, let's start with some news. Ugh. So every once in a while, Texas high school football becomes like a big story across the state or across the nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually, it's most fun. Whenever it's something like the North Shore Duncanville Hail Mary, right? Everybody, yeah. even if you're on the wrong side of that, you can say, wow, that was awesome. You know, that yeah. was an incredible uh, finish to a high school football game. Uh, that's fun. Or when a kid has an amazing game, that's fun. Or whenever, yeah. even when uh, someone opens a big, stupid stadium, right? Uh, when when McKinney's new stadium opened or Allen's new stadium opened or Katie's new stadium opened or Prosper's new stadium's going to open or the Star opened. Things like that. That's when Texas high school football being national news is fun. Let's talk about another instance. Yeah. So yesterday, um, let's start from the beginning. Um, the uh, the big explosion in space, Earth cooled. <laughs> no, not that far back. Let's start from the beginning. Um, in week two of the 2019 Texas high school football season, um, El Paso Eastwood, a school from El Paso, uh, was going to come to Plano High School to play the Wildcats. It's going to be Troopers versus Wildcats. This is actually the second year of a two-year deal in which El Paso Eastwood agreed to come to Plano twice. Uh, the game was going to be in Plano. I think it's worth mentioning because I know that's getting kind of messed up out there. The game was scheduled to be in Plano, Okay. El Paso Eastwood traveling to Plano, and El Paso Eastwood was not asking for a return game. This was a, a situation in which uh, Julio Lopez, the, the coach at El Paso Eastwood, said, 
We want to play Plano. We will come to Plano two years in a row. Not a home and home. We'll just come to your place twice in a row. Um, that was that they played last year, and uh, now they were going to play again in 2019, week two. It's going to be September 6th. Um, I say was. You'll notice I'm using the past tense because yesterday it was announced uh, that Plano uh, was canceling the game. Plano ISD was going to cancel the game with El Paso Eastwood. Um, let's stop right there and take a moment to acknowledge that that's pretty sorry. Yeah. If you are ever canceling a game um, for reasons besides natural disaster or imminent threat or something like yeah. that, three weeks ahead, you are leaving another team in the lurch. You are leaving El Paso Eastwood in the lurch because basically they now have a hole on their schedule that they are responsible for filling in extremely short notice because there is not, because pretty much everyone else has a week two game, right? And you're only allowed to play 10 games. So let's acknowledge uh, that that is kind of sorry on its face from a high school football perspective. Uh, now let's talk about some of the context behind why, why this is so particularly noteworthy. Um, the press release that Plano ISD put out indicated, and I'm going to read directly from here, um, that Texas High School, that, that, that um, after consult, there's a quote, after consulting with local law enforcement agencies, Plano ISD administrators felt obligated to prioritize the safety of the participating players, students, families, and communities, and have concluded that the timing of the game falls too soon after the tragedy in El Paso. They're, of course, referring to uh, the tragic shooting a couple of weeks ago uh, at a Walmart in El Paso, actually just a few miles away from El Paso Eastwood, um, that claimed the lives of 20 people. And um, it is worth mentioning that the shooter um, the uh, was a graduate of Plano High School. So that's where this all starts. That's kind of where it yeah. all starts, is that uh, a Plano High School graduate um, did an unspeakable act. And as a result, Plano ISD um, is prioritizing, quote-unquote, prioritizing the safety of player students, um, the families, and communities. Uh, and they believe that it's now too soon after the game. There is a lot to unpack here, but the first is that that doesn't make any sense to me. Well, and a, a part of it was proven untrue by the Dallas Morning News report, which said Plano Police Department said there was this is completely unfounded and there's no reason for it. Right. So Corbett Smith, I believe it was Corbett Smith of the Dallas Morning yeah. News, reached out to Plano PD and said, was there a credible threat to the game? Because I think we can all sit here and say, if somebody had made some sort of credible threat against the game and said, if Plano plays El Paso Eastwood, I'm going to bring a gun to the game. I think we all agree. Cool. Do whatever you need to. Cancel the game. Whatever you need to. The safety is obviously the most important factor of it. But Plano PD says there was no credible threat. And instead, there was some sort of phrasing along the lines of, they believe it could have been a platform for extremists. Well, you could have made it a platform for something great, but... Now you're not. They could have made it a platform for extremists. Uh, congratulations to the terrorists. <laughs> yeah. They have won. Yeah. 
good for you guys. Hey, you know what? Hey, they got they got one in the win column because that is a. I mean, that's the fundamentally goal. Yeah. terrorism exists yeah. to frighten us out of our everyday lives, and that's what's happening here. Yeah. That's like the terrorists have won. Yeah. Hang the mission accomplished banner. Yeah. Because at that rate, if that's the bar, we need to cancel football. Every public gathering needs to be canceled because everything is a platform for extremism. Do you think that the nightclub in, was it Paris? Yeah. The nightclub in Paris was a platform for extremism? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there is it, it is, it is astonishing to me that, that Plano ISD, without a credible threat, would do this. Now, look, I am willing to concede that there may be things that I don't know and that they are not willing or able to put out there. But right now, this feels like a really missed opportunity by Plano ISD to bring two communities together that often feel like they're not even in the same country. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. El Paso's way, way out there. And I think a lot of Texans, especially when you live in major metro areas, kind of forget that El Paso's way out there. But El Paso is, they are our Texan brothers yep. and sisters. And this is an opportunity for Plano ISD to say, you know what, we're going to uh, use the uniting power of sports to bring us together. And instead, they have left El Paso Eastwood and Lurch. There's a couple of key points of context, I think, that, that maybe haven't been brought up. First and foremost, this was the wrong coach to mess with. <laughs> Anybody who has met Julio Lopez, the coach at El Paso Eastwood, best. knows that he is the wrong guy to, to mess with. El Paso... Julio Lopez is the guy that it is not it's it's very rare for teams to sign a two-year agreement where they don't get a home and home. Yeah. But when I when you find out it's Julio Lopez, you go, oh, "Okay, that makes sense." Because Julio Lopez is a firm believer that if you're going to get and play the big boys, you got to go play the big boys. You got to make that drive. We saw him at a state 7 on 7 tournament or a state 7 on 7 qualifying tournament a couple of years ago uh in Euless. That he said, we're going to bring our kids, or it was in Hearst, we're going to yeah. bring our kids to DFW because if we want to compete with the best, we've got to play the best. Yeah. He will play, he and El Paso will, will play the best anytime, anywhere. They'll play them in a parking lot. And so I think one of the things that came out that, that was most frustrating to me is that El Paso Eastwood said, cool, if you believe that it's going to be too hot in Plano, that's fine. I don't think that's necessarily founded at this point. Right. But if you think it's going to be too hot in Plano, let's go play in a neutral site. Yeah. And Plano said no. Yeah. Then they said, okay, you can come to us. We're happy to host you. We'll find a stadium. We'll do it. And Plano said no. Uh, I think it's a bad look. Now, I think it's also worth mentioning, this is above, uh, this is above the pay grade uh, of the coaches. Yeah. So if, you are, if you're pointing at J. Don McCullough, and saying bad guy, I, I think you're pointing yourself at the wrong people. I think you're. I think if you're pointing uh, fingers at the, um, I think if you're pointing fingers at the players, obviously, I think that you are either a student body. I think you are misguided. I think if you are pointing fingers, even I think this is above Gerald Brent's is uh, pay pay grade. I think this is the uh, he's the athletic director there at Plano ISD. Um, I think this is above his pay grade. I'm not trying to take blame off of anybody, but it seems to me that this is coming from higher up. This is coming from Plano ISD administration. And it just seems like a real missed opportunity uh, to bring together two communities that could use some uniting uh, because we fear that something 
possibly could happen, even though we don't have necessarily any reason to believe it. It just will. seems like the opposite reaction would have been the easiest thing in the world to do. The like, exact opposite like, reaction. Let's make a bigger deal out of this yes. game. Let's raise money for the victims' fund. Let's show Texans that we're all here together. You know, uh, under the same flag here in Texas. I mean, it seems like the most Texan thing ever, right? If the whole ethos of Texas, right? Don't mess with Texas. Yes. That yeah. would that's that's just wrap yourself in the flag right. and and stand up for your Texan brothers. I mean, like. And and the other part of it is, it'd been the easiest thing in the world to say that because guess what you're going to get automatically if you make this a huge event, a bigger police presence. Yes. Like it's just the the most it backwards just, reaction. It really, it, it the really worst is. handling of it possible. It is, and 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 uh, we did not expect this to go national, but then like, uh, so I'll be honest. This is this is the truth of the matter. We found out that this is going to happen Wednesday night. Um, and Step found out. Matt Step, our Dave Campbell's Texas High School football insider, who's been all over the story, uh, found out about it. He was he was asked to to sit on it, and so we did because Plano ISD wanted to put out their statement. Um, we found out about that Wednesday night, and it just struck me as extremely extremely odd. Um, and I did not expect. I, I never know. This is I'm bad at this. I never know when a high school football story is going to blow up into a big deal because every high school football story is a big deal to us. But then this, like, caught fire, and Beto O'Rourke tweeted about it. A Democratic, uh, you know, nominee for president uh, tweeted about it, so it went national. And it is a truly, truly bizarre situation that, I'll be honest, I want to be clear. I don't think that Plano is being intentionally antagonistic. No. I don't think that's the case. They I don't think that's the case. Just, we just think they got to be stronger than this. I think they're being really misguided, yeah. and I think that they are—they have not thought through um, what this could have meant uh, to a lot, to a lot, to to both teams, to to two communities that could use some some togetherness. Yeah. And so, um, who knows where it's going to happen? I know that there are some some gears turning behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, as far as uh, games being played, uh, who uh, finding El Paso Eastwood a game. Um, as I mentioned, Julio Lopez will play the Green Bay Packers in a parking lot, halfway between here and Green Bay. But um, also, it's a really I mean, it's a, it's a disappointing story. That's the word I come. It's a uh, disappointing story. Right. Also, and there's still time to fix this. Yeah. There's still time. Absolutely. Like this doesn't it doesn't have to end here. No, it's like, not written in stone. There are weeks. There's still an open slot on this schedule. There's hey, still hey, time to fix. Guess it. what? Now both teams have a spot in, in week two. And I know two teams that are looking for games, okay? One's Plano and one's El Paso Eastwood. Yeah. Uh, there's a way to make this work. It just seems really, really silly that we are um, – that we're that, – that, that's come to this. That's my editorial opinion. Yep. Signed, Greg Tepper, age 11. That's my book report. <laughs> We are Texas Football. Today we're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter, at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to check out TexasFootball.com to become a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. That's our subscription package. Two magazines a year worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com. $19.95 plus shipping and handling for the first year makes a great gift as well. $19.95 plus shipping and handling. TexasFootball.com slash insider to become Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. A couple weeks ago, we had the THSCA Coaching School and Convention caught up with a number of coaches. One of them, the head coach of the Laredo Alexander Bulldogs, Coach Sergio Salinas, was nice enough to stop by the booth. Here's our conversation with Laredo Alexander Coach Sergio Salinas here on Texas Football Today. 
Greg Tepper of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com here at the Built with Chocolate Milk Coaches Lounge. The THSEA Coaching School and Convention here at the head coach, the head Bulldog, the Laredo Alexander Bulldog Coach Sergio Salinas. Coach, appreciate your time. Welcome uh, welcome to Houston. How was, how was the trip here? Long drive, but, yeah. you know, it's something that I, that I think is always refreshing before you start the season. You know, you get to see some coaches and, you know, you get to listen to some some great coaches with some real good knowledge and mm -hmm. just kind of, you know, gets you back in that mood, you know, mm -hmm. that season. Yeah, it's so well, I've, I've been telling people it's like the top of the roller coaster, you know, mm -hmm. and where it's, a, it's, about to, it's about to shoot downhill. Well, last year you guys, in an, an, an exceptional year, 9-3, and three, uh, for there in your first season there at, at Alexander, um, you know, there's not a lot of coaches who step into a program and have that kind of immediate success. Um, I'm interested, kind of, what what was it that that helped it click for you? Well, I mean, we we had a lot of great kids. Yeah. You know, I mean, going in there, you know, it was really don't mess them up that first year. Mm. <laughs> you know, we had a lot we had a lot of good kids. You know, they had a lot of returners. Um, you know, more than anything, you know, stepping in there was just changing changing little things from your philosophy, you know, mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, habits um, that you want your players to have. Um, you know, this is our second year going in. You know, we, we, we lost 38 seniors last year. Um, so, you know, really going down to it and really teaching teaching them, you know, this is how, this is how we're going to live. You know, mm -hmm. this is how we're going to act. You know, this is how we're going to carry ourselves. Because at the end of the day, you know, I think that's what it's about. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody sees their records at, at the end of the season. You know, but I, I want to see their their life record. You know, yeah. that, that's what's important. Do you get the feeling that 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 you got the kids buying in on on, on that? I mean, sometimes I, I know sometimes coaches talk it, talk to the kids and it just it doesn't sink in. Do you get the feeling that that they that they're uh, adopting what you, that they're buying what you're selling basically? I believe so. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I I think you could always tell once you start hearing them talk. Mm -hmm. You know, if their language starts sounding like your language, you know, then the buy-in is coming there. You know, now if they're speaking things that you know aren't really aligned with what you preach to them every single day, then, you know, then the buy-in might not be there. But I think we have some great kids right now that are that are really buying in. They, they, they want to do well. They're out there working hard, you know, and, and I'm excited to see them perform. You know, one guy that one guy that I know catches our eye here is Camilo Pedraza, your, your running back. This is a guy who's, um, um, I don't think, has met a fight that he doesn't want to have. I mean, he's, he seems tough as nails, oh, the guy he, that, that out there. What, what, what about him makes him so special? You know, he, he's a great kid. You know, he's a great kid. Like you said, you know, he – there's not a fight that he wouldn't want to jump in there to. <laughs> you know, um, he, he does a great job during practice, you know, going out there, you know, does a great job of leading, leading the other guys. You know, something that I was real, real impressed with him last, last off season is, you know, he decided to go play basketball, which is a great thing. Yeah. You know, I, I think we, we need more of that. We need more kids that want to play more than one sport, you know, and basketball season finished, comes back and, you know, did a great job during our spring ball. And, you know, I think he's just one of those athletes that's a competitor. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he loves to compete. You know, and I think the other kids kind of see that. You know, when, when, when you see competitors on your team that want to compete, all of a sudden you want to compete as well. You know, you don't want to back down to things. And, you know, I think that's what Camilo is able to bring. And, you know, he, he's athletic and, you know, he, he makes plays. You give him mm -hmm. the ball, he's going he's gonna to make plays. You know, so, so we're real excited about him. Um, you know, and his supporting crew. You know, yeah. he's, he's got a lot of guys around him that, you know, have kind of bought in to, to the stuff that we're doing and, you know, kind of take some of the load off of him. How do you, you know, you, you mentioned you lose 38 seniors from a team that, that obviously did a lot of things right. And, and the thing that, you know, I, I think struck us is this was a team that had leaders. This was a team that it seemed like there were guys who took ownership of the program mm -hmm. and, and seniors. Um, I'm sure there are some of them still around, mm -hmm. but 
how do you go about filling, you know, there are going to be guys who get the yards, right? You lose receiving yards, you lose passing yards, it's fine. You can, you can replace those. How do you replace the, the leadership there? in Offseason. Yeah. You know, I think that, that's, that's made in the offseason. In the offseason is where, you know, they go through that grind and, and, you know, they work together and, you know, leaders have to step up. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the only way to really make it through it. Mm-hmm. You know, we, yeah. we, our offseason is tough and it's not, it's not for everybody. And that's why, you know, you, you got your guys that, that will be part of your program, that will be one of your guys. And then there's guys that decide, you know what, this is too much for us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I want to do this. For better or for worse, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. they, they, can, they can bow out, but, you know, if, if you want to be there on the yeah. team, then you're going to earn your place on Yeah, and the guys in our team have made that commitment. Mm-hmm. You know, they made the commitment to, to work together and, you know, go through the great times and go through the tough times. You're, you're a guy who's spent a lot of time in Laredo, you know. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, you know, you were at United before this, are they right? Yes, I started my career at United. Um, I was there for nine years, and I got the head job at United South. Mm-hmm. I was there for six years, mm-hmm. you know, and now so I'm at Alexander. You, so you spent a lot of time there at, at, in, in Laredo, and I think that that's a part of the state that, that kind of gets forgotten in, in the, from, a, from a statewide football perspective. I think people, um, maybe it's because, you know, they haven't made those deep playoff runs. They haven't been that team that really broke through. But it seems to me, and it's, I think it seems to, to, we've had conversations at Dave Campbell's office, that it seems like the level of play in, in Laredo is, is getting better, and mm-hmm. it's increasing, and it's, it's, and I, this is me, I think it's, it's, it's due to the depth of coaching. I think the depth of coaching that you're having there in Laredo, there's always been some really good players down there, but it seems like the depth of coaching, I'm, I'm interested from your perspective as a guy who spent a lot of time in Laredo, you know, the state of Laredo football right now. <laughs> well, I think it's, it's, like you said, you know, I think the, the competitive of all the teams you know has increased um you know you, you go back i don't know 20 years 20 years ago and you looked at the off seasons then as opposed to now yeah. you know you gotta have a great off season to be able to compete mm-hmm. you know within the schools around there you know and i think that um that mentality has spread from school to school where now hey you can't you can't take that off season off. You can't take summers off. You know you got to be working. Yeah. If not, somebody else is, and and you're falling behind. You know one one more thing about about that because I think especially when you go to Laredo and, and in your district in particular, a lot of wide open spread teams, a lot of teams that that want to spread it out and maybe I don't want to say finesse teams, mm-hmm. but teams that are a little bit more wide open. Mm-hmm. You're a guy who has always prioritized being the most physical team out there. Um, in a lot of ways, you're kind of zigging when they zag. You know, you're kind of doing a different thing. Um, do you? F- but but it's, it seems like, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like it's working for you guys that, that you're going in there and saying we're going to be tougher than, than any other team out there. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think, I mean, just because you're spread doesn't mean you can't be physical. Yeah. You know, I, I tell our guys, you know, I want you to, I want you to be the team that teams hate to play. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, not because you're dirty or anything, but because of just the intensity and the effort that you're going to give for four quarters. Mm-hmm. You know, because... I mean, to me, it's it's tough to handle somebody who's going to come at you for four quarters and and not yeah. slow down, you know. And that's what I tell our guys. You know, we want to be that team. We want to be that team that that when they see them up next, me <laughs> like, man, we, we want to play Alexander. Yeah, it's like we're going to go in for a fight. Yeah. You know, but that's a mentality, and that's a mentality that you know has to be created in, in the off season. You know, during during your during your off season program and, and what you do in your off season program. So, you know, that's that's our goal. Mm-hmm. Our goal as a team is to be the toughest team out there you know we're gonna out physically you know when we, we're gonna make you hate playing us it's sergio salinas of the alexander bulldogs joining us here on texas football today one last thing to do it's to spin Uh-oh. the dick sporting goods wheel of questions go and give this thing a spin whatever <laughs> it lands on yeah yeah i know 
DickSportingGoods.com. <clears throat> they want me to say it. DickSportingGoods.com. Uh, let's see where it's going to land. Uh -oh. All right. What is your spirit animal? My spirit animal. What animal do you most associate? Like, if you were to describe yourself as an animal. Oh, I'm really interested yeah. in this now. Probably a lion. A lion. Why a lion? You know, lions don't really back down from much. Yeah. <laughs> True enough. You know, lions are usually the, you know, you hit, you hit adversity, it's going to be a fight. It's not going to be a flight. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's absolutely true. And kind of the, I would say, the, the, the spirit of your, of your team, too. Is, yeah. you know, is, that, is, I mean, that's what we want to have. Yeah. You know, we don't want to flight. Yeah, you want to <laughs> you 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 stick your nose in it. Yeah, and, and like it's like, like I tell our boys, you know, it, I mean, life's the same way. Yeah. You know, that's why I love football. It teaches so much about what's coming up after it. You know, you're going to hit things in life where you feel like, you know what, I just want to shut down. I want to, you know, avoid. Shit, you got to take it on head on. Yeah. He's Sergio Salinas, the head coach of the Alexander Bulldogs. If you're in Laredo, go watch these guys. Coach, appreciate your time. Best luck this I year. Appreciate it. Thank you. There he is, Sergio Salinas, the head coach of the Laredo Alexander Bulldogs, joining us at the THSEA Coaching School and Convention. Appreciate his time. Great first year there, 9-3 and three, uh, in, in this first season there. Expecting big things from them this year. Um, you know, I think that defense has a chance to be pretty good. So appreciate him taking a little bit of time to chat with us. And now we go to Max Thompson. And I'm very afraid to say this. For America's second favorite segment, final thoughts. Got nothing to worry about. The TFTers are strong today. Their heads are clear. They're in 100% agreement with you. And uh, I couldn't be prouder to uh, call them TFTers. I always, I always worry, right? Yeah. I worry. Okay. If I'm, if I'm blathering on about Texas high school football or college football, feel pretty good about my standing, right? Yeah. Feel like I'm going to be, yeah, you know, I, I've got firm ground to stand yeah. on. I feel like I've got expertise in that regard. When we start getting into like politics and things like that, that's where I get real dicey. And yeah. so I always worry that I'm not striking the right tone. So yeah. I hope, I hope, I'm glad to hear that there's not people being like, Tupper's an idiot. Well, well they not any more than they, usual. Yeah, I was going to say they think that anyway, but that's not the point. Right. Uh, Adrian Christensen says, I know I'm changing the subject, but what is the best out of state matchup this year? I don't know if I can pick one, Boy. but I will say we'll probably be talking about this on the show. Mansfield ISD does play a host of great teams they from do. Oklahoma, and those are good matchups. So yeah. uh, look forward to us talking about that more. Mansfield ISD is, I believe, in the second year of a deal with um, with teams from Oklahoma, and they are the the cream of the crop as far as Plano, or as far as those teams are concerned. Um, they have um, they have a lot of uh, they're playing like Jinx and Union and Broken Arrow. Those are Oklahoma high school football is real hit and miss. There are a couple that are really good that that dominate, and then there's kind of others. And they Mansfield did a good job of making sure they scheduled a really really good Oklahoma team. So those are the ones that immediately stand out. But I know Duncanville's playing a team. I want to say from California, uh, a few yeah. other teams. So yeah. Our uh, fact checker Ed McElroy mm. uh, said last Thursday during the playing of the interview with the winningest coach in Texas, Phil Danaher. Andrew Christensen asks, "Who is the losingest coach since it is coach hmm. since it is way too hot for my bad golf game?" I did some research. The answer is a coach who spent the last 30 of his 36 years as a head coach at North Dallas High. Rufus Hyde retired in 1970 with a career record of 110, 217, and 17. Given that North Dallas, with 670 losses, mm. is by far the losingest program in the state, I think lack of talent affected this record a bit, of course. Ironic, though, that the winningest program, Highland Park, and mm -hmm. losingest program, North Dallas and Texas are an right easy three-mile jog from each other. Yeah, so my... um, Your mom? 
No, my grandmother. Grandmother. That's my grandmother right. is That's a right. North Dallas grad. Yeah. Go Steers. Um, and they have, I believe, I want to make sure of this. They have one of the longest playoff droughts in, in the state. Uh, yeah, 1952 is the last time they made the playoffs, which is, um, dep- well, it's the longest, it's the longest con- consecutive playoff drought because Prairie Lee hasn't made the playoffs since 1944, but Prairie Lee also like, had a big gap where they weren't playing football. So... Um, North Dallas is, is has been it's been they've been riding the struggle bus for a bit, uh, but uh, maybe this is the year, guys. Maybe this is actually uh, a good question for you or Greg Powers, but since we won't see him again until next week, mm-hmm. Deshaun Christopher, our man out in East Texas, says, "Do you guys have any opinion on Les Miles offering incoming freshman scholarships? So far, he's offered three kids: one from John Tyler and another one from Highland Park." It's interesting. Um, it's it's. I mean, look, we've we've talked a lot about how it's all moving up. Right, everything's getting earlier and earlier. I mean, I remember was it John David Booty who got offered so. as like a as like eighth a grader eighth grader, or yeah. seventh grader, and I remember when that happened, people were like, "Whoa, that's like craziness." I I don't think that there's going to be a lot of offers extended to to middle schoolers, right? But it would not be a surprise if you start seeing more freshmen get offered, yeah. um, especially especially ones who especially it's, I, I would say skill positions. Those are team guys who are maybe a little bit more projectable than offensive linemen and defensive linemen who need to grow a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, guy Frazier says, "Wotep, my grandparents went to North Dallas too. That's crazy. The TFT link it just grows and grows and grows." Speaking of which, I'm not going to get to anything else. But one thing I am going to say, mm-hmm. I've had both a guy and Brent Homan ask me when we're going to do these preview episodes for each classification. Are you here all next week? I'm here all next week. I, I live. I live here, man. There's I, a cot under the under this desk. I think I'm going to send out notices and see who can come in next week for those preview shows. Yeah. Um, we will start with six A and go down from there each day of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll just try to try our best to make We're it work. Knock guys. it out. Yeah, we'll knock it out. That's we it. will give you the content that you crave. Yeah. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at texasfootball.com for Max Thompson. I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please come get your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you Monday on Texas Football Today. Mm-hmm.